is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we are continuing with our series, Those Who Dream. Each character in the Christmas story was a dreamer, from John the Baptist and Mary and Joseph to the shepherds and the Magi. They received God's dreams for the world, and they responded to those dreams. So this Advent, we are stepping into that mystery and that awe of God's dreams, praying that those dreams will shape our realities as well. On the first Sunday of Advent, Pastor Kathy DeCrete shared how those who dream keep awake, that when we dream, we don't fall asleep to the realities of our world, but God prompts us to pay attention to where God's dreams are for, for change and new life in this world. And then the second week, we focus on those who dream prepare the way. Like John the Baptist, we are called to prepare the way for God's message in this world, a message of love and liberation to be heard and received. And then last week, we remembered that those who dream sow joy. Like Mary, when we dream, we are participating in this joyful resistance, resisting to be the belief that, that the struggle and the heartache of right now is forever, that God will be with us and is with us, and God's joy is throughout all and interwoven into the sorrow. And this week, we are reminded that those who dream are not alone. Today's scripture is actually the section of scripture that is right before last week's. It's what preceded Mary's song of praise to God. When the angel comes to Mary and tells Mary about Jesus's birth and changes her life forever, and then Mary goes to her relative Elizabeth. Hear these words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 45. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. 
At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, she says, that the, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this word. When I was a little girl, we went to a small country church, and I sat there in one of the hard wooden pews, and I listened to the pastor preach that Sunday sermon. And I thought to myself, I'm going to do that someday. But it was only a dream. I'd never seen a female pastor before, so surely I couldn't be a pastor. Then fast forward to middle school, when I started going to a church in town, and I met the pastor there, Pastor Peg. And I thought, girls can be pastors, so maybe I can be a pastor. No, not me. I couldn't do that. And for years, I felt God calling me and tugging me into ministry, putting that dream on my heart. But then again and again, I would tell God, no, not me. I can't do that. Then in my fourth year of college, I met this guy. Or I re-met him. It's, it's a long story. No, this guy didn't save me or, or fix me because I'm not an old-fashioned Disney princess, but he did help me to see the gifts that God had given me. And I very distinctly remember a conversation with him where I would tell him that I couldn't possibly be a pastor and all of the reasons why, and then he would counter with why exactly I had the gifts to be a pastor. I said I was too young and I didn't have enough life experiences. He said I, I loved God unconditionally and that I wanted others to know God's unconditional love for them. I said that I had made mistakes and I wasn't good enough to be a pastor. He said so did every single character in the Bible and that it would help me, those mistakes would help me relate to others. I said, I wasn't good enough. He said, no, you're not. Not on your own. And that stung. But then he continued, but God loves you unconditionally. And God will give you what you need and has given you the gifts. Oh, right. I was stuck in my own fears and shortcomings, and, and he helped me to see beyond those things and to the root of who I was and what I really needed for my dream to come true. I needed God. When Mary arrives at Elizabeth's home, 
we don't know how she was feeling. She had just been visited by this angel, and it says that when she saw the angel, she was greatly troubled. Really, a better translation for this is that she was absolutely terrified when she saw the angel. And after somewhat of a a concise conversation with the angel, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That doesn't mean that she was perfectly fine with what the angel told her. It just means that she said, okay. And then I can imagine the the journey that Mary took to, to see Elizabeth gave her some time for everything to really sink in. She was very young. She was engaged. She was still at home with her mom and dad, and and now she was pregnant with God's baby. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So by the time that she got to Elizabeth's house, those oh-no's are what dominated Mary's mind. And as Shannon Kirshner points out, those oh-no's caused Mary to forget what else the angel had said to her that day. The angel had said, greetings favored one. This divine messenger had proclaimed, the Lord is with you, Mary. But Mary had forgotten that part of the conversation until Elizabeth greeted her and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you will bear. Oh, Yeah, before the fear and the insecurities and all of those oh-no's, the angel had called Mary highly favored and had said to her, the Lord is with you. Elizabeth hadn't greeted her in the way that Mary probably expected. Oh, you poor dear, look at you, you, you unmarried pregnant woman. Life is going to be so hard for you. Because in that culture, Mary would have expected social judgment and shame and even ostracism because she was pregnant and not married. But Elizabeth doesn't respond to her and greet her that way. Elizabeth looks beyond all of those things that the world projects onto Mary and names The truth, what she really is. Blessed are you among women, she says. And blessed is the child that you will bear. Elizabeth reminds Mary of her truth. Who she is beyond her own fear and doubt. That is the gift that Russ Welch gave to me. So many years ago, He helped me to see beyond my own self-limitations, to see the fundamental truth that God loves me. And that when God puts a dream on our hearts, God will give us what we need to, to make that dream a reality. Often what we need are people, people who believe us, because we rarely see our own gifts. We rarely see the glimpse and the glimmer of God within us. So God places people in our lives who are able to name that which is sacred within us, that which is the root of who we are. 
just like Elizabeth did with Mary so long ago. And I can imagine that you have someone in your life that has spoken truth to you as well. God puts in our lives those who are able to help us to find courage and then comfort also in spite of life's challenging circumstances. And then like Jenny said in her children's moment this morning, sometimes we miss the God that's not only within us, but right in front of us. And so we need others around us to point us to God, to point God out to us. We are called to be in community. And this seems like a somewhat silly thing to be talking about or a strange thing to be talking about right now because we're not able to gather in community like we normally would. But we are here and we are together in this way. And I have witnessed and experienced growth and connection through a screen like I never thought that I would. Seeing friends, growing with friends through accountability groups and Bible studies and just connection points. I see my brother and spend time with him on FaceTime more now than I ever did. We are called to be in community in order to carry and support and encourage one another's dreams so that we can live into this joyful resistance and we can sow God's joy into this world. We are called to do that together and God's spirit can do that no matter where we are. Glory to God. Amen. During this next hymn, I invite you to to share in the comments any joys or concerns that you have. And if you don't feel comfortable sharing in the comments, knowing that that is public and it's out on the internet for everyone to see, then you are invited to send an email. You can go to our website and there's a prayer request button and you can send us requests there. It doesn't matter how you share the request. What's important is that we are together and we are united in community, praying for one another and praying with one another in this time especially. Let us prepare through song.
I think Isaac should just be here all the time. And if you think that, then you should comment or, or give a heart or something, and then we'll show him. I think that's what needs to happen. We, <laughs> we have um, several prayers that have come in. Um, Marla asked for prayers for her great aunt Barb, who just tested positive for COVID um, while in a rehab facility. Yes, prayers. Um, and then prayers, Linda asked for prayers for Jody in the hospital recovering from a brain aneurysm, and then also Michelle, who is recovering from knee surgery. And Jen asked for prayers for joy to be spilled and shared with those who are preparing for our first Christmas without, without a beloved family member or friend, without gathering, without peace of mind, without comfort, and prayers that we all continue to dream. Yes. And then Harper would like to pray for her family that they can stay healthy. Yes, Harper. Shelly says, joy is for my grandson who is finding his way to God. Yes, Shelly, definitely. And then Linda asked for prayers for Agnes who is recovering from a broken hip. And Sue asked for prayers for Lynn H. who lost her son, Michelle, this past week to complications from COVID. Yes. And then Judy asked for prayers for Betty, whose husband just passed away. And then also I would like to offer prayers of, of joy um, that we had a wonderful time on Friday evening at the um, live na kids nativity that we had out in the parking lot. It was so much fun and it was so great. And it reminded me how how much I miss gathering together, even in that strange way. And if I was looking in your car window like a creeper, I'm sorry, I was just trying to see who was there through the headlights. And, and if you were there, I'm so glad. And I, I pray that you enjoyed that and, and just enjoyed the kids. And they just had seemed to have a wonderful time. And it was, it was just a great time to be together and to bring a tradition in a new way this year. And Isaac, there are lots of people who are commenting and giving hearts and all the reactions. I'm just saying. Tell them to talk to my wife. Okay, we have to talk to his wife. That's what he said. Okay, and with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God, you are a God of good news. You say to me, you are highly favored. But God, I struggle to see how that could be. God, you say to me, do not be afraid. But I am afraid all the time. You say to me, even the impossible is possible. Just look at Elizabeth. But hope slips through my hands like water. The impossible still feels impossible. So today I pray, today we pray, that you might teach us to sing like Mary, to laugh like Elizabeth, and teach us to trust like the angels. God, forgive us when we can only do one at a time or when we are struggling to do one of them at all. Most of all, God, remind us that we do not dream alone and that we are never alone. In this community this morning, we have lifted before you the names of those people who are near and dear to us. And God, we ask for your healing love 
And we ask your blessing be upon them. Care for them in a way that we cannot care for them ourselves. As we look ahead to this week of celebrating Christ's birth, God, we recognize, like Jen said, that, that many, will, this will be the first year without. That many will feel alone, without family nearby to help them smile and remind them that they are loved. And so, God, we pray for all of those who are lonely, particularly at this time of year. May your love be a glimmer in their darkness. We also pray for those who are struggling with COVID, who are mourning the loss of a loved one and having this first holiday without them. God, we pray for healthcare workers and we pray for those who are struggling with mental illness or addiction. God, the, world's of, the, the needs of this world are great and our abilities are limited, but we know that with your love, all things are possible. And so we pause now to lift up to you our silent prayers that lay heavy on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus, as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I pray that this morning's worship was a bright spot in your day, and that you will be empowered to go into this week to see the joy and to remember that you are not alone, but that we dream together, and those are the best dreams. As you go, may you have the strength to dream wild dreams of justice and peace and joy that overflows. May you have the humanity to listen to the dreams of others. May you have the confidence to trust that the God who heard the cries of the Israelites in Egypt hears your dreams as well. And may you have the conviction to return to this space, for our best dreams are those we dream together. In the name of God, the original dreamer, Jesus, the dream come true. And the Holy Spirit, who enables us to be those who dream, go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. See you tomorrow night and on Christmas Eve. Have a fantastic week. Thank you.